Welcome to the All Things Hollywood show with your host, Travis Cody, where you will learn from the top entertainers and filmmakers in the world to get the real scoop on what goes on behind the scenes in Hollywood. Not just another cliche Hollywood gossip show. On each episode, you will discover the rarely revealed secrets to Hollywood from the insiders, moguls, and movie stars that actually make show business run. And now, here's your host, Travis Cody. Welcome back to another episode of the All Things Hollywood Show. Today, I'd like to give a bit of a primer on how movie money works and how does Hollywood actually make money on their movies. When you start to dive into what really happens to the dollars, you quickly discover that Hollywood financing is really the world's best form of money laundering that you could possibly get. And we're going to get into that in a future episode where I dive in deep. But today, uh, I want to just give you a little bit of a primer because what we see in the news and the media about whether or not a movie is successful or not is completely false. There's this complete idiotic obsession on box office gross, and that doesn't have anything to do with whether or not a film is successful or not. Now, the perception is if you have a movie and it makes $100 million in the first week, that that's what they call a blockbuster. It's a smash. It's a guaranteed winner. Well, there are a lot of movies out there that have opened at big numbers and have completely lost their shirts. And here's why. First and foremost, Hollywood doesn't keep 100% of the movie, the money that you're seeing come in. So let's say I'm going to use round numbers here as a generalization just to keep the math easy. So let's say that a movie costs $100 million to make. And frankly, most movies cost way more money than that today. Most movies now, especially summer movies, where you're pushing up into $200, $250, $300 million, which is completely absurd, by the way. And just to tell you how absurd this is, a good friend of mine who's a screenwriter was uh, hired to rewrite some a uh, couple of projects for Sony. And uh, afterwards, he was able to get a meeting to go in and pitch his own films. And so he went in and pitched a sci-fi film. And these guys asked him, like, well, you know, what do you think the budget on something like this would cost? And he's like, yeah, it's probably like a $125 million movie, which is a, a very healthy budget. I mean, $100 million is like crazy amount of money. And their exact response to him was, no, we're not interested. We can't make money with uh, films that only cost $100 million to make. Like, what? What? Like, this is idiocy. There's no other way it's idiocy that that's the belief and so he was stunned and and as he was leaving they said oh wait hey do you have any found footage uh type projects and he's like what do you mean you're know, like cloverfield where it feels like and they said if, if we can do a, a found footage movie we can shoot those for like a couple of million dollars and we can make money on that so if we can shoot a film for a couple of million dollars or more than $250 million, we can make money on the movie. Between $3 million and $250 million budgets, we can't make money on those movies. That was an exact quote from a development person at Sony. And we wonder why Hollywood is churning out crap. 
This is really the belief that they have. They really believe that a, a movie to be successful has to now cost more than $250 million. And you know why that is? Is because, as I talked about on the previous episode, that's just the way it's always been done. James Cameron came along with Avatar, which cost $400 million. And allegedly, we don't know the exact figures... And now everybody goes, well, and it became the highest grossing film of all time. Well, see, you have to spend a lot of money to be able to get there. Titanic, with the time, was the highest, the most expensive film of all time. And then it was the most, so there's this thing now where people are going, oh, they don't look at the creative aspects of the film. They don't look at what's going on with fans and in the culture. They look at, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio in a... Disaster movie with a $300 million budget. Okay, so we just need to get an A-list star in a disaster movie with a $300 million budget, and we'll we'll have a hit. And the, nowhere is this more evidenced than in the recent disaster of Justice League. Warner Brothers, instead of following a proven model, stepped back and went, well, why was Avengers the second highest grossing film of all time? Oh, well, they just put eight superheroes in the movie. So let's just do that. Why are we going to waste eight years making all these other movies when the uh, the top movie was eight superheroes in a $250 million budgeted film and we'll have the second highest grossing film of all time? And this was their logic. Now, here's where the deception comes into this. A movie, let's say the movie only costs $100 million to make. Well, that doesn't include any of the money that they spend on advertising. And for most films, especially a $250 million movie, and especially as competitive as things are, those last several years, the advertising budget on that, which the technical term, if you want to be a true cinephile, is PNA. P is in Paul, not TNA. P and A, which stands for Prints and Advertising. How much money do you spend on the prints and how much money do you spend on the advertising? So on a $250 million movie, generally the advertising spend is going to be $200 to $250 million, which now means that the film has cost $450 to $500 million, which now means that for you to just break even on your movie, you have to make $500 million. But wait, it gets worse. Because when you see the box office gross, the movie theater, the movie studios aren't taking 100% of that movie. If a movie opens at $100 million, they don't get $100 million because they don't own the movie theaters. The movie theaters take 50% of that ticket. So out of a movie that opens at $100 million, the movie studio actually only gets $50 million of that. Which means if you have a $250 million movie with a $250 million ad spend and you have a $500 million into your film, your movie has to make a billion dollars, a billion, just to break even. It's insane. It's insane. And yet you've got people who are greenlighting projects saying, if a movie costs only $100 million, we're never going to be able to make any money on that. Well, what are you talking about? You have a $100 million movie with a $50 million ad spend, and now you only have to make $300 million to make for your movie to break even. That's a heck of a lot easier than a billion dollars. It's just crazy. And it gets actually lots worse than this. Now, there are some deals still in play. And about 
oh the mid '90s is when you st- when the conglomerates really started to take over. You you started to see this obsession on the box office opening weekend. What's the opening weekend? And the reason is is there are a lot of movie studios that will cut production. I'm sorry, distribution deals with the uh, movie theaters where they have what they call a 90-10 deal, which is in the first 10 days of the movie, the movie studio gets 90% of the ticket price and the theater chains keep 10%. Now, that used to be back in the time when movies would be in the theaters for two or three months, you know, sometimes four months. And that window now is getting to be extremely short. Even top movies like Guardians of the Galaxy or Thor four weeks after they come out, like it's hard to find them anywhere. Most movies now aren't staying that. So those deals are becoming less, but in the nineties, that was a big deal. That was, and that was the deals that the studio started to cut. And that's when you started to see the obsession on opening weekend, because if you had a hundred million dollar movie and it opened at a hundred million dollars and you were getting 90% of that, well, you were almost at, at break even on your film after the first weekend. And again, those are becoming uh, less and less. Now, I'm not going to get into all of the ancillary ways that you can get uh, money. That's for a future episode. It used to be literally only three ways that you would make money. Uh, Box office, video market, and then paid TV like cable. And now there's like 37. We'll get into, into all of those later. But here's the thing now. So Warner Brothers, they have a film production company and they also have a distribution company. These are two completely separate companies. So Warner Brothers produces, let's say, Justice League, and now they need to get it distributed. So they take it over to Warner Brothers Distribution and they say, hey, we need to uh, we need you to distribute this for us. So now the distribution company comes in and says, okay, well, the movie's coming out in a year, but we need to start working on it right now. So they go to work and they have their marketing team start building stuff and they put all these people on the film and, and they start working on it. So what's happening is over the course of this year now, the distribution company is spending tens of millions of dollars and that's all going to get charged to the production company. Now, the distribution arm is also the one that's responsible for paying, creating and paying for all of the advertising because they're distributing it. So they'll be the ones that drop, you know, $100 million, $200 million on advertising. Here's the thing, though. They don't just go to the production company and charge them dollar for dollar. No, all of that money they've been spending over this course of a year, they consider that a loan and they charge interest on it compounded to the production studio. So this is why you can have, and there's been some famous, famous lawsuits about this very thing. Two of the ones that come to mind, Forrest Gump was the very first one. And Forrest Gump was the first lawsuit that really kind of peeled back the curtain and showed the world how movie financing was working. And people were pretty shocked because the author of Forrest Gump, he had what was called a net profit deal. And it was like, 15% 15% net profits, all right? So Forrest Gump made, cost $60 million to make Forrest Gump. It made 370 something at the box office, okay? 370 minus $60 million, $310 million. So when the author, a year later, is like, where is my, I should be having 10%, I should have $30 million check here. What, what the hell is going on? So he goes to Warner Brothers and, hey, where's my, where's my uh, royalty check? Oh, no, man. Uh, Forrest Gump, we lost our shirts on. What What do you mean you lost your shirts on it? 
$60 million movie, you made $370 million. That's three hundred. No, no, no. We actually, we lost $7 million on that film. This is real math, people. This is a real, you can Google this and you can see the exact uh, transcripts of the, the court records for this stuff. So what happens is, here's how it works. The, the, the movie did cost $60 million. But then you had the distribution company started working on it a year before, charging them exorbitant exorbitant amount of interest on the film. And, and and they don't just charge interest on the movie. They put what the way it works. And I wish when I was working with John and the Crane, I got a distribution report from it was for General's daughter. And it was it showed the breakdown of the interest. It's they charge you all of the money for overhead and staff and phone calls and faxes and paper and all of that stuff. All of it. And then they also they charge you interest on that. And then they go and they spend this money on advertising, and then they're charging you interest on the money they're spending for advertising. Well, some distribution companies will start advertising six months ahead of time. So they go out and they drop $10 million on a a pre-ad, pre-publicity campaign. Well, now for the next six to eight months, you're getting charged like 20% compounded on that money. So by the time you get to the film and profits start coming out, this is why a film like Forrest Gump could make it 360, 370-some million dollars, cost 60, and still lose money. Now, that's just part of it. The interest is just part of it. So if you really want to make money in Hollywood, the best way to do it is be a distribution company because you charge interest on everything and you get paid out first. You're the last person to put money into the project and you're the first one to get paid out before everyone else. Now, you also hear a lot of talking about net deals and profit participation and all this stuff and how does that work? Well, okay, so someone like uh, Steven Spielberg or Tom Cruise or Jerry Bruckheimer or Michael Bay, they get profit participation. And and there's articles about Tom Cruise when he did War of the Worlds, his fee at the time was $20 million against like 25% of the first dollar gross. Now, there's different types of grosses here. First dollar gross, adjusted gross, and there's net gross. And what does all this mean? Okay, the first dollar gross is what you want because that means that what the papers report for the first dollar, this weekend, the War of the Worlds made $100 million. That's the exact figure that they made. Well, Tom Cruise then would get 25% of that. He got paid $20 million in advance against that 25%. Well, 25% of $100 million first gross, that's $25 million. So now they owe him another $5 million. That's why he ended up making $70 million on War of the Worlds. Michael Bay on the first Transformers movie made 70-some million dollars. On the second two, it was like well over $90 million that he made because he has these deals. So in terms of how the payouts go, the movie comes out and it makes $100 million. Well, 50% of that immediately goes to the movie theater. Okay, so goodbye, $50 million. Now you've only made $50 million on your movie. Well, now you have the producers and the actors that have and the directors that get their participation. So let's say in this instance you have uh, – and this point, by the way, this $50 million, that's considered the adjusted gross figure. Now, I'm simplifying these things, but that that's essentially what this means. You have $100 million, movie theaters take their 50%. The $50 million is the, the adjusted gross figure. That's where most actors and producers now get their participation points from. So someone like uh, Steven Spielberg, he gets a, let's say, 
adjusted gross participation. So now Steven Spielberg gets 20% of that $50 million, so he gets $10 million. So now the movie's only actually made $40 million. Tom Cruise, he gets another 20%. There goes another $10 million. So now you're down to 30%. Well, now you have the writer who gets a percentage, could buy some more, and you got a producer in there that's got a couple of things. So now you're about down. Out of the movie making $100 million the first weekend, there's maybe 10 to $12 million actually that was made in gross profit before the distribution company takes their money out. Well, now the distribution company comes in and says, well, wait a minute. We put in $75 million in advertising, so you got to pay $75 million, and we're charging you interest on that $75 million, and we're charging you interest on the $5 million that we had in overhead and fees, which was $80 million. So we spent $80 million, but because of interest now, that's actually $130 million. So your movie that just made $100 million now, right now, is in the hole and owes $125 million still, even after making $100 million in the box office. These are true numbers, people, true numbers. This is why a film like Forrest Gump can cost $60 million and make $370 million and still lose $77 million on paper. They still owed $7 million because of all the interest that the distribution company was charging. Ben, Ben... Again, I want to say Affleck. I'm sorry. Sorry, Ben. It's just habit. Ben Affleck famously referenced this when he did Pearl Harbor and he got uh, net profit points. And he recognized this because he said, yeah, I'll never see any of that money. When we made Goodwill Hunting, the movie only cost $16 million and we had net participation points. The movie made $325 million worldwide. Okay, $16 million budget, $325 million worldwide. And the film still lost money on paper. This is why I'm saying movie money is the greatest form of money laundering on the planet. So if you really want to make the money in Hollywood, one, be a distribution company because you'll make the most. Or get to the point where you have enough power to get first dollar gross points. If you're doing a deal in Hollywood and someone's offering you net points, say no. Charge way more money up front because if you get offered a net profit deal, you will never, ever see money. I can almost guarantee you will never make a dime. You go for gross or adjusted gross or you go for a massive upfront payment, which is why a lot of movie stars will just take 20 or $25 million up front because they know if they try to do a net adjusted deal on the back, they'll never see a penny. All right, this episode's getting a little bit long. Look forward to your comments about this, what experiences have you had if you're in Hollywood with this sort of thing, and more importantly, what do you think about this craziness of how movies actually make money? I'll see you on the next episode. Hey, it's Travis Cody. I want to thank you for listening to the All Things Hollywood Show, and I want to make sure you're plugged into everything we're doing on a daily basis. Go to allthingshollywoodshow.com and join the email list so you can get notifications when new episodes come out, plus get links to the transcripts of every show we've done in the past. You can also grab a free copy of my best-selling book, Celebrity Rules, which shares even more details on the world of Hollywood and celebrities and what you can do to prepare for the day you meet one. And finally, if you enjoyed the show, I'd appreciate if you will leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.